Alrighty, what's up everybody? We're back, we're on episode 21 today, and I have a new friend and very familiar face in San Diego on, and we will pick apart his name, but I'm gonna just open it up as saying Kramer. Um, I'm glad you are able to make time. We're gonna get into how busy you are right now, but we always appreciate the time you set aside to come down and jump on today. Yeah, absolutely. We spent more time, I think, figuring out what name to call me than we have schedule anything else in this whole interview so i mean let's just jump <laughs> okay. let's jump right into that yeah. because right. uh i think we got like midway to the half point line yeah. of it and we never really finished it off so kramer for starters i already told you love the name because of the the resonance with seinfeld but walk me through how that came about because it's not actually your name not my real name um so i was telling before i I just wanted to be in radio so bad. So mm -hmm. I was on channel 933 here in San Diego for a long time. And I uh, had been in radio for 13 years. And when I was getting out of college, I had a shot to go be in this big time radio station in Savannah, Georgia. The only caveat was the name Steven Yancey isn't very exciting. Mm. So, you know, the big show with Steven Yancey, it just doesn't sound, <laughs> doesn't have like the, the cool ring to it. Okay. So my program director at the time was like, you, you've got to change your name. And I was like, all right, well, he's like, come to me with all these ideas. So I sat down for two days and like jotting all these names down that sounded cool. And I come back to you, I'm so proud. I'm so excited for this new name. I'm like, man, I'm gonna be Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you know, that's like a big time wrestler, totally, right? And I was yeah. like, I did not know that. You didn't uh, know? I, did, I, don't, I don't keep up with wrestling at all. That's really funny. So in my name, He's like I was, one of the biggest. Yeah, names. the biggest. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so we, that was like I don't even know if Google was a thing back then. Stone I mean, Cold. You, you Stone would Cold think, Steve Austin. You would think yeah, I didn't grow up in wrestling. Oh man, I didn't grow up like a typical a typical boy, man. Like I was like, any like sports references from then was like I didn't have them. So that's funny. Rest. I didn't know Steve Austin existed, so I pitched that name, and I'm so proud of this. And he's like, No, he's like, You're gonna be Kramer, and I'm like, I'm not. I'm. No, I'm not gonna be Kramer. That sounds terrible. That's hilarious. He's like, I really think that Kramer would be good for you. And I just wanna be on the radio so bad that I'm like, all right, cool, I'll be Kramer. Uh, <laughs> but with the goal that when I leave Savannah, I'm just gonna change my name. Yeah. Like, let me just get you know a little bit of notoriety and then I'll be whoop, out the door. Um, never, <laughs> here we are 13 years and later. Stuck. And I can't get rid of it. I actually tried to change it in when I lived in Savannah, I mean, in, um, in Phoenix for two years. And nobody in the radio business knew who I was anymore. I just went by Steve mm -hmm. and people were like, wait, but like I changed my Instagram handle, everything. I'm like, but we don't know who this is. And I'm like, no, I'm used to be Kramer. And they're like, oh, Kramer, no. yeah, Kramer. And then I'm like, well, shit, I guess I'm Kramer. I gotta so own it. I gotta own it. You're so attached to it. I think officially now for the rest of my life, I think my tombstone's now gonna say, you know, here lies Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember any of the other names that you came up with that you pitched him? I can't, I just remember so, uh, I, I wish I could, because they were all kind of ridiculous. DJ names are so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The radio business in general is just so weird, but everyone, like some of the names that some people would come up with, and it's getting better, um, but I mean, you run across people, there's some common names, like there's a lot of mojos out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, well, you know, big boy, you know, this big boy up in LA. It's, it's like, it's gotta be a weird process too, that you're sitting down you're thinking about your name. Like yeah. I'm thinking about, okay, an alias and a name for me. And like the process of going through, even if what, like a DJ or whatever, we were talking about Instagram handle names, like you're thinking about, okay, 
what is my name? That's got to be a weird thing to just wrap your head around. It's harder to answer to that name. Yeah, yeah. It's like your, uh, it's almost like training a puppy, you yeah, know? Yeah, you know? Like yeah. for the first six weeks, you try to teach a dog its name, but the dog never responds to its yeah, name until they've yeah. heard it about 400,000 times. I mean, it, it probably took me a good year to to answer it, even to feel comfortable saying it. Sure, yeah. Like, you know, you go on, you go on the radio, you'd be like, yeah, hey, what's up? My name's, you know, like, uh, yeah. uh, you'd screw up, you'd say the wrong name. But it's really been beneficial to have a separate alias. And I'm realizing that now as I'm getting into the podcasting world, because it's for the first time when I launched my podcast, I gave out my real name. Mm. And since then, I've had one person stop by my house and drop off something no and somebody else mail something to my house that I, I don't give out my personal address, obviously. So to have a little bit of anonymity of, I guess if you, and, and please don't do this, please don't, <laughs> don't go look at my address or if you're going to send cool stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's just cool shit only cool shit only. Don't send any kind of weird stuff. Um, but it's the first time where I, feel like I haven't had a wall because being two people is kind of easy too because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can go be Kramer for a while and mm -hmm. then go home and be Steven Yancey. Totally. With this new podcast, there's no, there's no filter. There's no mm -hmm. wall between me and the audience, which is really intimate, but come on over. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it reminds me, it's really similar feeling because when we started uh, any sort of business and I always tell people to, to have a separator, is a lot of times people will get into business with you and they want to contract you, like they want to do business with you. So as you grow too, it's it's uh, putting the separation between, no, you, you're contracting my company, so you might deal with this person or that person. Otherwise you're gonna get spread so thin and then it's just it's always a, a any man's grab it's at tough. it. And you can also have the same like uh, levels of separation as you're talking about, because I mean, Kramer is your business. You know, it's it, your business. It's the, it's the brand behind yeah, yeah, totally. me. And I would say the podcast is literally just me. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a weird transformation. Uh, even though I still call myself Steve Kramer on there, uh, it's more me than I've ever been. Totally. So we're definitely going to, I want to get into the podcast here. Uh, that's know, the only reason I'm here. I just really, I want to spend the next hour just plugging my podcast. Well, hey, the, tr the true reason <laughs> is you, you came in with a mutual friend, Dan, <laughs> yeah. a partner of ours, and came into our pokey shop. And I think there was a couple keywords that popped out. I knew your story. Obviously, you're super well known here in San Diego from your time on the radio. I knew a little bit about what you're doing on the podcast. And I've done this before. Literally, we, we did a podcast with a guy up in L.A. who we were at an event up in L.A. And we were sitting on it was at like a really cool estate in the uh, Hollywood Hills. And he just said a couple key things. I'm like, I have to sit down and talk to you on, on our podcast. I've done that several times. George from F45 talked about, I never knew he ran from here to New York. Literally just that conversation, I'm like, hold yeah. it right there, come on the podcast. So that, that first time sitting down grabbing pokey, I'm like, all right, dude, we gotta come on and, and pick this apart. Sure. So with that being said, I didn't even know you, you were in Georgia. How did, yeah. how, did, how did Georgia? Born and raised. I'm actually, yeah. Didn't know I'm, that either. I'm, I'm a Georgia boy, um, okay. it, which is really weird being on the West Coast. Uh, it's, I've moved from, uh, born and raised at, right outside of Atlanta, a city called mm. Norcross, Georgia, and uh, went to school at Georgia Southern. Then moved to Savannah to do radio and uh, moved from there to Panama City, Florida, spring wow. break capital of the world, which was yeah. so fun when I was 24 years old. 
Um, not as fun as you become like, I was like 28 and I was over it because then you're like the old guy, you know, yeah, you're just yeah. like, I'm not, for sure. I'm not 18 anymore. So it's for sure. But that was fun. Then I moved to Tampa, Florida for a couple of years. And then I moved to Phoenix for two years and then San Diego, been here for four and a half years. Um, I, uh, it's been an interesting journey when you've been chasing this dream, mm-hmm. when that's been your mindset is to just go after and that's when i was a kid i'd play radio and i that's all i've known is just to mm. uh, just go for it and mm-hmm. i've just been following it all throughout the country which has been great mm-hmm. uh, and terrible all at the same time mm-hmm. you know so many new experiences so many new people um i'd like to live in a house for more than two years you know <laughs> that'd be yeah, kind of totally. cool to have some roots um but uh georgia is is it's just a different world than out here but i'll tell you where it's really paid off. I got divorced about two and a half years ago and having some Southern hospitality towards women out in California mm-hmm. is like unheard of. Yeah, like yeah. when I open a door for a woman, like, which is just typical when you're a totally. Georgia boy, they're like, what? Like, this is, what is this? Like, what? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what do you mean? You're just supposed to, or when I like pay for dinner on a date, they're like, what is this? This is yeah. a treat. And I'm like, this is a treat. Like yeah. no guys open doors for girls out here. And I'm like, well, this is. You almost feel, I totally agree. Yeah. I'm not from the South. Yeah, but almost sometimes do you do you feel like it's it's frowned upon sometimes by them like oh like they almost want the 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 typical California treatment where it's like it's I don't know I don't know how to describe the word but I'm like man don't don't like uh, don't frown on the fact that like I'm doing this is this is the no, this is the this is normal this is how it should be I, I mean obviously I've only dated here since I was 24 when I got married so I was really young but mm. um, I I am shocked in the, um, and I think the radio helped too, honestly, sure. but yeah, yeah. having the amount of, uh, I think that the bar has been lowered so much in the dating mm. world that like mm-hmm. the littlest things impress people nowadays. Yeah, And I guess that I, I came from it from such a different point of view. I mean, back in the day you had to work for it. Totally. You know, when I met my ex-wife, I had to work for that. I mean, it was, it was like, you had to go to, you know, you met at a bar and then you had to, texting wasn't what it used to be, you know. 100%. So you'd send a text and you'd have to wait, you know, four hours and then you'd have to get back with your, you know, what was yeah. it, the T9, you know, yeah. and, and sitting there and it, it wasn't like it was. There was no, it was work. You had like one shot. One shot. One shot. <laughs> yeah, now you have like, you could take a shot every every 30 minutes from some sort of different platform. Like, there's a shot. I'm firing that shot. That shot. I'm like, oh my It's God, almost expected man. too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's wild. Block me on sex. It's all right. I got your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll that's see a, you over that's there. That's a real thing. <laughs> But I feel like you could have a, you could have an entire we have an entire podcast on dating one hundred and one yeah. in two thousand well especially two thousand twenty yeah I think dating is going to be totally different after all this nonsense kind of wraps up that we're in but anyway going back to 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 Georgia yeah I imagine you have to be uh, really nimble in flexibility of moving and where you are especially coming up from first gig because I've had Frankie on here and yeah. he started you know his story like East Coast and back and right. forth till you finally kind of get some sort of like security or home base. Like, okay, this is where, this is the seat I'm going to be in for a while. And in, in the like years leading up, you have to be able to okay, okay with like picking up your bags and going. That's what has happened with the radio business. Um, I think those days of being like, this is my home and like feeling like this is my spot is, it's tough, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, 
I thought I thought nine three three was my spot. You know, I, yeah. I bought a house here. Everything was everything was good. Ratings were great. Everything was lined up perfectly. But mm-hmm. then when corporate comes in and says, "Oh well, we got we got to cut heads," then it's like, oh. um, how long were you with nine three three? Four year, over four years. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's it's really yeah it's it's you have to really be flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in any media nowadays, and I think that you have to also be really good at all the medias you know Mm -hmm. like you gotta be able to my eggs were all in radio's basket you know Mm -hmm. it was like cool this is great but the second it goes away and nobody wants it nobody mentally plans for it you can't right yeah yeah you can't go into any kind of project being like well let's just kind of figure this out you have to go and being like this is it i'm gonna make this work and it's almost a detriment now to where if now when it's gone, it's like, well, now what, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I found myself was the day I got let go in, uh, in January 5th, 14th or 15th. And mm-hmm. I saw myself like, now what? Yeah. You know, like, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed totally. to do? Like, I built this, I, my biggest success was here, mm-hmm. you know? So like, now, now what's it gonna be? And now trying to pick up those pieces and mm-hmm. use those skills and look for new opportunities and deal with quarantine. <laughs> and like, yeah, what was your first was your first instinct when it happened to be like, okay, I got to look somewhere else in radio. Was that the first instinct, or what was your what was your knee jerk like? Okay, no, first reaction was fuck radio. Really? <laughs> yeah, it okay. was. It was like fuck this. I'm done. Like I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I mean, because you you hear my path and that's fair. I how many times do you want to keep resetting your life? Mm-hmm. It's fun when you're 21, 22. I'm, I'm 37, so mm-hmm. it gets a little less fun every time you have to do it. Uh, so I know I went for the first two months. I was like, I'm done. Like I don't want to. It's like it's like breaking up, you know. You're like, I'm not I'm not dating anymore. Like yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah. done. Like for oh, sure. That's it. And through that time, I you know created my my podcast, which has been great. Uh, but there's just something I think when you've got, I'm sure it's like you. It's like, I, I could I go do something else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm smart. I'm talented. I I've got connections. But do I want to? Like, is that really yeah. on my deathbed? Do I want to look back and be like, well, thank God I played it safe. Yeah. And, you know, ended up doing finance for yeah. somebody. So here's a hypoth- hypothetical yeah. question. If someone if someone ca- called you the day after that in a different station in a different part of the country, what would your response have been? I did. I had plenty of calls. Really? Yeah. And I couldn't make a uh, – I had – I mean, literally within a week, I had about four or five phone calls. Wow. That was pre-pandemic. <laughs> yeah, true. Which maybe I should have jumped on those. Um, but I – I wasn't ready. I wasn't in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. I I love San Diego. Like I have such a love for this city. Mm. And so yeah, at first I'm like, no, like I'm not, I'm, I'm just gonna figure it out. I'm gonna go do something else. I'm staying in San Diego. And as time has gone on, I have to weigh all that out mm-hmm. of if I'm gonna get back into radio, uh, I need to, I want it to be a situation where and I'm sure it's probably like you, like you, when you're young, you just do everything to build your ego and to build your reputation and to build, and then you kind of, at least with my experience, like I built all this up, right? Mm-hmm. I went out and I got, worked really hard to get where I was in radio. I married this really hot girl. I uh, had the cool car, the nice house, all that. Mm-hmm. But 
I've never been more anxious and uncomfortable than I was, I feel like, when I was right at the top of my game. Because I don't think I was being really authentic to myself. I was more like, I work at the cool radio station and I have a, a hot wife and I've got a cool house and a cool car. And that's all you're supposed to do in life, right? Like I did right. it, yeah, but yeah. why does this not feel right? Like nothing feels right about this. Yeah. And I think it's because I was more focused on the outside perspective of it than like what's truly on the inside. Like what's really gonna fuel me. Yeah. And through the loss of literally all of that now, mm. you know, I still got the cool house. For now, <laughs> for now, I can pay the mortgage for a few more months. Yeah. Um, I, I just realized it's not really about any of that. Like I wanna wake up every day and just feel fueled. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, and I don't give a shit what you think about me. Yeah. I don't care if it's, if I'm like, I, and this podcast has really been a transformation for me because it's really been so stripped down of all the, ego bullshit of it all yeah and just trying to really figure out like there's honestly right now there's on the table seven radio opportunities for me i'm really being selective totally, because yeah. i want to feel now that i know what it feels like again to like wake up and be excited about a project i want to feel that every single day mm -hmm. and not worry about well like what if I go to the city and it's not as cool as San Diego? Like, what are people gonna think about me? Mm -hmm. What if I go to a station that's not as beloved as Channel 933? Like, what if it's all these external voices yeah. that have had to tell, just shut the fuck up and, and, yeah. and feel that like fuel from the inside. It's really where it's at. It's mm -hmm. not about what people are saying about you. You know, it's like, what are you saying about yourself? I guess is kind of what no, I'm No, dude, that's really interesting. And so maybe this is part of it and just hearing you say that because I, I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling and i can definitely relate to it and we were actually having this exact conversation on our last podcast about you start building your identity and the guy who was sitting in your chair was actually 16 years in, in the fire department mm -hmm. it's the same thing like you know you you build this identity of being a firefighter and sometimes you're just kind of you're you're living up to that avatar building identity and just going and fortunately he recognized like a good five years ago um, because when he was on, he was in his early 20s and it was like the go, go, go and like all the bells and whistles and being a firefighter like your identity. But it was like starting to ask the question, like, what if this were gone tomorrow? You know, what what else in my identities left? And I think it has a lot of it makes a lot of sense with what you're saying. But I think with what you're saying about the house and the hot wife and the this and that is what I had start happening is you start you get gratified reactions from people when you do stuff like that like oh man badass house cool yeah you know, pat on the ass by everybody yeah and then the wife and then everything you know whether it's on the court off the court work not work you're like cool i like that feeling of that gratification i got from it but is it really what i wanted to do and then that's just the fucking snowball you know and all of a sudden like i I've it's, been like, there. it's like a drug it's yeah, a drug you take yeah. it one time and you know i came I came up, I was, I was the dorky kid in high school and no girls wanted to talk to me and no, you know, no one really gave me attention. And I, it's like, it's like you get, you get like a hit of it, right? You it get is. a hit of that drug of like, oh, well you're in radio now. It is, and I was, yeah. Oh, now, now these girls are talking to me. And you're in, in radio and entertainment. Right. And like, yeah. It, it, and and then you start to, and that's really honestly what happened was I started building this identity of Kramer and started losing the identity of Steven Yancey. I couldn't tell you who Steven Yancey was three years ago. Yeah. Before I really got divorced, I, I couldn't tell you 
what I like to do mm -hmm. or like what made me happy. It was all about like what's gonna look the coolest or make me feel the most ego satisfied mm -hmm. by doing this. Like what's gonna get the most likes on Instagram yeah. or what's gonna, you know, my whole perspective was through that. It mm -hmm. was, I couldn't, I, I've really spent the last three years, two and a half years, like figuring, having to kind of learn who the hell I am. Yeah. And the radio, losing radio was like that last little bit of it. Yeah. Of like that identity that I didn't, it's been such a weird, it's been a weird couple of years. Do you, do you, do you experience this? Cause I asked the same thing to Frankie. It's been a while since he was on. Um, because people know you so much more for Kramer when you're out, even at like dinner or drinks or just socially, do they want, they want that they want person. That. And that's why I told him like, you're kind of an entertainer to Frankie. And like, if you're a stand up comedian, when someone meets, they want you to make them laugh, make me laugh. Nothing Frankie, gives entertain me, me more anxiety yeah. than meeting. And, and it's not even the people that I meet. It's the people that I don't meet because there is this, and I actually started going to therapy for this because really? it, it got to me so much because the role of Kramer became so distant from who I actually was mm -hmm. that I was having a hard time living up to this, I don't say character, but like this persona that I'd built. Mm -hmm. I'd kind of become this, and I, I mean, there's parts of me, there's definitely parts of me that are, you know, smart ass and kind of a jerk and, you know, can I can definitely be that, but there's a, a way other side of me that's growing bigger and bigger and bigger that's, very serious and introverted and spiritual. And I, that part was like screaming to come out. Yeah. But I felt so stuck and I, I would, I, and even my close friends and family would recognize that we'd be out to dinner or something and we'd just be having a normal conversation like, like you're not having here. And then somebody come up at Kramer, like, oh my God, hi, you know, the radio, hey everybody, you know, like, let's get a picture, <laughs> you know, it was, it was so, and like, I, I could feel it. I could like feel the anxiety inside of me of like, they may see this is a complete fraud. I'm, I'm yeah. not this kind of asshole they see on the radio. I'm really actually a super nice guy, but I better like yeah. put on this kind of persona. It, it literally gave me so much anxiety trying to figure out who I was because I did just have to play every radio show needs certain characters. Mm -hmm. And I always just kind of was this guy that had a little bit of edge to it, but in real life, I don't really have a lot of edge. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. trying to produce that behind, when you're behind the mic, it's one thing. When you when you're with the crew, like for example, when I was with Gina, we all, we, we knew the roles, right? right? We knew if we were having a conversation and somebody needed to be the dick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop in and be like, yeah, well, you know what? I think blah, 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 blah. Even though it may not be exactly what I was thinking. I just like, the conversation needs this right now and I don't mind putting it out there. Um, that's just not who I was in real life. So sure. trying to like balance those two of, it's just, it, what would be even worse would be like, Hey, uh, I, uh, I get a tweet afterwards or, Insta or Instagram DM saying, Hey, I saw you at whatever restaurant and I didn't want to come up and say hi. And I was like, what was I saying? What was I doing? Was I being Kramer enough? Was I being the, oh, you know, man, that's weird. And I think too, and I, I learned this when I met Usher for the first time and, uh, which is Usher even relevant anymore. I think we're showing our age, but you, <laughs> you got the reference. He's a staple. So, so we're cool, a right? staple. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so, um, what I realized with, uh, we started having conversation about how people 
there's no in between when people already have an expectation of you. Mm-hmm. You either exceed their expectation or you don't meet their expectation. So you're either like, oh my God, he's the nicest guy in the world or he's a real asshole. And there's mm-hmm. nowhere in between that anyone's like, yeah, he was normal. Like, what was it like when you met him? It's like, by no means about Usher's level. But I know that it's, that's like the expectation. People have this expectation of what it's like to meet you. And I always wanted to exceed that expectation. Yeah. I'm so thankful for people listening that I always wanted for them to walk away feeling like, cool. All right. That was, that was what I was hoping it was going to be. And it was actually even nicer or even cooler, but that's just, if you're having a shit day, exactly, you're going through a divorce, you're standing in the line at Einstein bagel and your ex-wife is talking shit on your phone. And all of a sudden you got to go from like, it's like, hey, what's going on? So good but to meet you're, you. You're, you're so right. How many times do you hear people say, oh, my God, I met fill in the blank in person, and they were such a good person or such an asshole. I'm like, well, I, I think, I think in, in, and especially in radio, is you bring people such into your day-to-day life because you have to. Yeah. You know, like you're on, you're talking, entertaining people, thousands of people out there who you can't see. So you naturally have to bring them into what happened to you yesterday, what's going on today, all that. So they feel like, hey, I already have this opinion on Kramer. So what I mean, by, and, and, and Usher is obviously even, even a bigger example. They hear his music, they hear him on talk shows, they get interviewed. It's like, oh, what an incredible person. Yeah. Like, then, then, so they already have that predisposed, like, I guess, a, a impression or opinion. Polished image and of you somebody. Got, you got to be exactly that. Polished image, right? You see these you. superstars on stage, and I mean, it's, it's they're doing their job, mm-hmm. you know. And radio is like doing my job, and I. It's not that I'm was ungrateful for it, or I was extremely grateful for anybody that would listen to that silly show, but to, you know, always have that pressure. Mm-hmm. And think about that next time, you know, because you guys deal with celebrities. Like, think about yeah. that. Like, no one ever walks away from meeting somebody that they're excited to meet feeling like that was neutral, you know, yeah, or like, yeah. or like they were okay. It was always like, it's either that or that. And so I've even tried to, because even when you interview people all the time, you know, in radio, you're always interviewing somebody. And I would do the same thing. Oh, that person was kind of a dick when they were yeah. just being normal. They're just, yeah. just being a normal, but if they're not, they don't walk in. If Beyonce doesn't walk in as Beyonce, Mm-hmm. I'm already disappointed, right? But you know what, what, what else is, is interesting, and maybe you've seen this shift in podcasts, is you also kind of had to keep a certain narrative that the radio expected you to keep. So when you interviewed totally. someone, they came on, they had to be full-on usher. Yeah. Not, I don't know his real name, or Beyonce. And that, those were all the questions you asked were steered towards that and vice versa. Versus well, podcasts, it's, it's like... It's working there too, you know? I mean, they're, at the end of the day, it's a brand. They're trying to sell albums or exactly. sell whatever. I'm trying to sell ratings. We're, we're both just sitting here looking at like, hey, please, I'm, I'm looking at him like, please say something good that I can send to TMZ. And he's looking at me like, please promote my album. You know, that's really, yeah. like, let's just get to those two things and then we can be done. They're, the thing with podcasting is it's so stripped down. Mm-hmm. You know, it is so, it's such a more intimate connection in radio it's like okay you got you know you get a phone call all right we got we'll just use usher which is so not relevant at all anymore which we use somebody more Let's relevant. Stay on usher all right yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're on the usher train we'll stay there I like it's it. like okay all right you got uh you got four minutes with usher and you got to make sure you got you got to get the album in the tour in and so you're like fuck all right so let me like all right hey usher what's going on yeah it's good, good. yeah you good and like you hear somebody in the head it's like you got you know you get your minute and a half in you got two and a half minutes left you're like, oh he's already talking about the album you're like yeah but i need to get something out of this is interesting you know yeah, and yeah. then he's like yeah, guys it's time that's time and you're like okay cool thanks usher new album's out bye uh it's <laughs> that's so <laughs> it's bizarre just, it's it's just business it's business on, on any entertainer's just business yeah. constantly business which 
as you know, and that's what in the, this podcasting space is so different because you know it's we're just I'm still going to plug the podcast. <laughs> totally, that's the plan. Well, hey, but but, <laughs> but I want to know. That's before, not why I'm here. Before, is to plug. No, the, totally. The we're we're going to plug the hell out of the podcast. <laughs> we're definitely going to talk about that. My, I had a question before it leaves my mind yeah. is you said, cause I'm really interested still too, of separating the difference. And you, you, you said you actually met with a, a therapist, something mm -hmm. like that. What was the biggest takeaway or what'd you, would you, I guess, get from that? Cause I'm sure they probably peeled back some. It was, it was, I first had to just learn who the hell I was. Mm -hmm. I had to, that was, that's been the biggest transformation of like, who am I? Mm. And then starting to strip away those layers slowly of who I wasn't. Kramer really became like, because I became pretty successful um, and I moved to this Panama City, Florida to start my first morning show, okay? Tiny little town. And I became really successful there. And then all of a sudden I'm being scouted by, and I'm 20, uh, I think it's like three or four years later, I'm being scouted by these major markets. Mm. And so my success became this 25 year old. And so, I knew that if I could stay that person and that character, because mm. Kramer was basically 25 year old me. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's so not who I was at 36, 37 anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was really figuring out who is Steven Yancey. And I think honestly, I don't care what industry you're in. If you have been successful in any industry, you may not even know who you are either. Yeah. Because you're so used to playing that role, even though I was literally playing a role, but yeah. I think we all, we all play roles. Mm -hmm. We all try to look a certain way, act a certain way. I think if you ask a lot of people, even like listening to this podcast, you, you probably, if you're in your thirties, you probably don't really know who you are. Mm -hmm. And I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm not sitting here as any kind of guru, but I've just spent a lot of time over the last couple of years figuring out, even if it doesn't look the coolest and it doesn't, you know, it's separating that ego versus who you actually are. Mm -hmm. And that's, so that was really where we had to start was figuring out who the hell am I? Yeah. And then figuring out what is kind of left over from this old persona that isn't really serving me. And I think that no matter what, when you're an entertainer, there's always going to be a sense of hype, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. There's always going to be, you always have to amplify it a little bit. Totally. But I think the more you know yourself, at the end of the day, nobody can take that away. Mm -hmm. Like Kramer went away in a heartbeat, you know, when it came to the radio. It's just like, well, we, you know, budget cut. All right, cool. And that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Like If that's my identity, if that's my lifeblood, if that's who, who I am, what happens when it goes away? Exactly, yeah. Then who, it's so vulnerable. It's it completely, and that's what is producing, I feel like, really shitty radio nowadays. Mm. Because everyone's so scared to be who they are and to have that identity taken away from them. Of like, who, if I don't have this, then who am I? Mm -hmm. um, the people just, they play it super safe. Mm -hmm. Because they don't, they're too scared to figure out. They may, in, if, in my situation, I hated who I was. I didn't like who Steven Yancey was. That's really the benefit of creating Kramer for so long was because, I mean, I was just, yeah, I was like this fat, awkward kid in high school, right? <laughs> that didn't like himself at all. And through the last couple of years, I've just had to really learn how to just love myself and love who I am and love what I do and not be so driven by this external expectation. Mm -hmm. It'll kill you. 
I feel like it's the, I don't know if there's a metaphor out there, the, the circus bear on the bicycle. He forgets that he's a fucking bear. He's a bear. He's a bear. You know, but he's just become this like performing, they've entertaining. they've trained him so long. Yeah, yeah, you're a bear. And dude. what is he if he doesn't have that show? You know, like that's the thing. Like, what are what are you? Yeah. And that's terrifying. Totally. That's what scares the shit out of me about getting back into radio is like, can I, I feel like I'm, I've done such hard work at creating or this life that I am happy with that can I separate the two? Because I'm also, listen, I'm not saying the ego stuff doesn't feel good, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And yeah. it's not something that's easy to say no to mm -hmm. when people are just like, oh, you know, Kramer was beloved. He is beloved. And um, I think people have just, they've beaten up the whole ego term. It's like, you should still be able to, the way I describe it, you should be able to talk to your ego, but you shouldn't let your ego talk to you. It's good. Your ego shouldn't talk out. So like everybody now is like, kill, crush your ego. Like, no, no, you still, you still need that part of you because it does have some sort of navigation. It drives you. It going. drives you. I don't yeah. think I would be where I am success wise if I didn't have it. It's not all bad, mm -hmm. but it's just right. It's, it's, it's noticing it mm -hmm. and noticing how your ego is fueling you and like totally. where that's coming from versus you thinking you are your ego because that's where you started to get into trouble because all of that can go away so fast. Definitely. So I'm, I'm curious now because you're in an interesting position is you've obviously got, gotten, and we're going to segue into really talking about your podcast, but coming from all your experience in multiple different stations on radio, now getting hard and you've grown your podcast significantly and quick. What's your opinion on like, you know, seeing the podcast world coming from radio, I guess, what's your opinion on radio first and like the future radio and where it's going? And, and then also then we, it'll be a good segue for what's your opinion on like podcasting in the future? Like what are the two? Radio is in a, it's a, it's in a tricky spot right now. Um, and it has been since I've got into it. And I just keep hearing the days of, you know, radio has got to change. It's got to reform. It's got to, and, and. It does, and everyone mm -hmm. knows it, but I think what's happening is everyone in the higher up, you know, they're watching it slowly die, but they don't want to make any changes because they're making enough money. They're like, oh, I'm going to retire in five years. Sure. So, like, let yeah. me just, let's just kind of hands off this where people like me who want to evolve the industry and really um, get away from some of the the yuck, yuck of yesteryear. I call it yuck, yuck. Yuck, yuck's that typical. I do that voice, <laughs> you know, like, that's the radio <laughs> yuck, yuck, guys. We all know, you know, guys like that. Um Radio has got to turn into a, like podcasting is going to, to make, basically it's going to like uncover everything that radio is about. Like it's mm -hmm. people, the expectation of content is going to change dramatically because of this. And it's going to make radio seem even less relatable mm -hmm. because it is so... There's just so much fluff. Fluff. Yeah, yeah. And there's always a there's a place for that. Listen, I and I, I, I even when I was doing it, I love the fluff stuff, but I hate when it's just all fluff. Like yeah, yeah. People right now more than ever are looking, especially in this pandemic, are looking to connect with humans. They're looking to connect with people that they know, and that honestly, I think has been some of the success of my probably a lot of success in my podcast has been because people are looking for that intimate connection. And if you're not giving them to that to them, then it's, they're going to go find it somewhere else. There's too many mm -hmm. other options out there right now. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you going to sit here and listen to a radio show with two just talking heads that are just trying to be funny and just and read off missing, the script? Yeah. And missing the mark than like flipping on a podcast with somebody you relate to. And it is, has like meaningful, you know, deep, 
uh, funny, whatever, whatever that thing is that you just really need that day or can relate to that day. And radio has the potential, but we just have to get out of the mindset that people are tuning into the radio for just music. Like mm -hmm. people tune into music on the radio because it's there. It's easy. I do the same thing. Like, it's mm -hmm. like I can turn on station and I know what I'm going to hear and it fills the, the void of silence. You know, it's, it's there, but mm -hmm. there's no, you got to build that passion back. I, I, I feel like, I feel like it'd be, Double the audience would tune in to listen to, and we're going to stay on the Usher train. <laughs> Usher's getting so much love from this. Yeah, totally. Is they they would I, really quick? I don't think any other podcast in the last year has probably talked about Usher as much as we've Let's talked see about. See how Usher. long if we can keep it going to the very end, like the final <laughs> wrap up conversation. We're gonna we're gonna drop Usher one I want more time. Usher counts throughout this whole podcast. Yes. Just go through an Usher reference. Like what? Usher, Usher's not even relevant right now. The like, intro we're gonna do. Hey, there's a drinking game. Every time we mention Usher, you got to take a shot, and that's gonna be this episode. It's great. We're at at least a dozen right I, now. You guys are wasted so right gonna be now. drunk. You are wasted off this podcast. Um, That's funny. Oh, okay, I'm back on track. All right. They, as I feel like you'd have double the people who would tune in, which is why podcast has grown so much. Yeah. If you put Kramer on 933 talking to Usher about his album, or you put Certified Mama's Boy on your podcast talking about Usher growing up and everything outside off the court. Yeah. This is going to get so many more interests and love because like, yeah, of course we know he puts music. We see it every single day and not and like not, not to say, wait, is it one of the most talented musicians, but to hear him talk about maybe his childhood yeah. or his marriage or his like normal, relatable shit, you're going to have the audience just, and that's what's happened. I feel like is is podcasters, they can write their own agenda and be like, here's what I want to talk to. Nobody's in my ear. telling me what the fuck literally in my ear. Tell me what to talk to you about. I can talk exactly like this. If you were, if you came on as Kramer from 933 right now, we'd probably be talking about a lot more shit or there might be a little bit more boundaries around right. what you can talk about. Or if you had your podcast while still there, the boundaries would be like, uh, it, I can't, blurred. I can't. It's blurred, right. Yeah, where, where that's, I think, where the values come into podcasts is like, you get on there and like, as far as the interviewer or the person on wants to talk about, we can go there. There's so many layers of radio nowadays there's so many people that you have to answer to all the way up mm -hmm. and i get it and it's a business it's a business it is a corporate these are huge corporations totally, and they're yeah. run like corporations and like for example if you worked at a bank or something and you went in there and you were you know doing something to stir up i mean it's it, it's just not it's not the same space it used to be mm -hmm. right where podcasting is that and you can see i mean honestly i if you're asking me where i think it needs to go i think what happens is you would come in every day you'd produce a podcast and then you would have portions of that podcast played on the radio and say to hear more you know then mm -hmm. send them over the podcast that way yeah, yeah. i get it because people only li like really listen to radio mostly in the car so you don't really have the same time you may have there's no there's no pause button so it's not like people can be like oh well, i gotta get out the car so me pause. I mean, it's, it's hard to really get this type of you know we couldn't have done this on the radio right it wouldn't be possible it wouldn't, have made, it wouldn't have made sense you have to really just minimize things because people are just you know in and out in and out in and out so and i don't know if it ever not to cut you off i don't know if it ever will really take off because radio stations have especially the bigger they get have that written agenda because you've heard how many guys who are the top, top podcasters, top, top channels on podcasting, who'd been approached at some point in their career or some point in their podcast growth by a station or someone who said, hey, I want to buy up. Yeah. And they've said no. Right. Because they're, they're aware. They're like, well, if you want to buy, even if you're buying up half of it, I, I know now, shit, I'm going to have to actually listen to what you're saying, where, where they're at least having enough awareness of that and saying, no, nope, I'm going to keep riding the wave I'm going on. 
Whereas I don't know if you can truly have a podcast explode if it's fully done under the umbrella of a, of a radio station because they cannot get away from telling you, you, you can't do that. Right. Kramer, you can't, you can't do that. Like, and, and if you have someone ever doing that, if someone did this, like it, that's not the authentic authenticity of, of podcasting. Well, it's art, you know, I mean, this is, I mean, it sounds weird to say, but this is art. It's a, it, you wouldn't go and tell a, a painter how to paint, you know, mm -hmm. it's the same kind of thing. We're creating these projects that are very, we're very passionate about. We're putting our hearts and our souls into it and to have to answer or to, shift your view because mm -hmm. you know well what's management going to think about that it's mm -hmm. just you're losing the authenticity of it yep which is i think what radio has done it's lost and listen i've got a lot of great friends in this in this city that i know and i think are great people but have lost their authenticity when they're on the radio because mm -hmm. because they have to mm -hmm. they have to give up a part of that but i think right now that we are craving authenticity like as a country we're craving that so why am i going to go tune into the radio where i know i'm going to get like an inauthentic point of view where i can tune into a podcast mm -hmm. and have this completely intimate real deep conversation and feel like totally. i'm getting something versus you know you know like yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm talking yeah. about too it's out there it's so, out there so let's go right into it then yeah uh certified mama's boy Dude, Perfect. Love it. it. Took so long to get to this point. Yeah, love it. <laughs> love it. I guess where did that where did that idea first first pop up because it's so so unique and coming from someone who I would say I'm a, I'm definitely a mom's boy. Yeah. Uh so clever. Like talk to me how I guess it was birthed and now where it's at today because it's a really cool concept. Well, I I mean it's really I mean life is weird, man. Like if we want to get really weird and let's get weird. Yeah, let's get weird. Fuck it. Here we are. Definitely. I feel like, man, this is gonna just just go with me here. Just go with me. I'm riding, bro. I I feel like I don't know if I am in control of this or if the universe is controlling. Well, you're me. getting really weird, bro. It's We're going, going there. Universe. We're going right. there. We're going there. Keep going. I feel like, and this is only a, a very small example of this how this podcast but as I'm kind of going through life, I'm starting to notice more situations like this. So about six months before, maybe, maybe three months before I got let go of Channel 933. And by the way, that was, nobody on our team saw that coming. Mm. Ratings were great, revenue, I mean, there was nothing that any of us could have seen coming. Mm. We had an uncensored podcast, um, and I uh, we do once a week, and on there, I being the, the Kramer character, the, the shit stirrer, a lot of people would get upset, right? Or, you know, oh, I can't believe you said that, blah, blah, blah. Sure. So I, I wanted to kind of rally the troops because I was getting a lot of that for a couple of weeks. So I was like, I'm gonna come in and say that I'm gonna retire from this podcast. Like, not, I wasn't really gonna retire. It's almost the Howard yeah. Stern thing, you know, where every time yeah, his contract yeah. comes up, he's like, I'm retiring, I'm done. Just, but he just wants to like get his fan base kind of stir totally. up and get excited about it. And I, uh, from there, I, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm leaving podcast. I'm leaving this podcast at episode 100. I'm done. Like I'm going to go start a feel good podcast. Now I had no fucking plans on starting a feel good podcast. I not, I didn't have an idea. I didn't have a, like nothing, mm. nothing. Um, then literally, you know, we were episode 96, I think, and I get let go. 
Oh, and man. yeah, and so fucking universe. I didn't even plan on doing this podcast. I mean, honestly, it wasn't a thing. I had a buddy in Atlanta that when I got like he got let go from radio has a really successful podcast now called The Upside, and he's like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna lay in bed and be fucking depressed." He's like, "No, you've got to like capture this audience, and there's only you only have a small window when people are gonna care, like." Mm. Because after, you know, life goes on, you know, you, you can be a huge radio listener of mine and it doesn't matter. Like your life's, you're not going to be like, oh, uh, what am I going to do now? Like you're going to keep yeah. listening to the station. You're going to get used yeah, to the new yeah. host and that's going to be it. But I knew that, uh, well, he, he had the insight that like, you need to do something. So he set up this text number. He's like, here, everything's set up for you. Just don't say really what happened yet. Just say, listen. I get let go from channel 933. If you want to know the true story, text this oh. number and I'm going to let you know. Not having any idea what I was even going to do with that, if I was even going to start a podcast. Because again, I didn't have a real goal of doing this. Yeah, it yeah. was never in the plan. So I'm like, whatever, man. He's like, listen, if you can get like a couple hundred people to text in, then you can you can have yourself a pretty good podcast to start. So it was, um, I think it was, no, let me see. It would have been Martin Luther King Day. Cause it was a holiday and it January. was right after in January. Mm -hmm. and I got like, Oh, the 15th. And it was like that following Monday. I knew that on Tuesday they were going to talk about what had happened or that I got let go. And so I, that night before I was like, all right, let me just, I mean, was anyone going to give a shit? I don't know if there's any kind of yeah, yeah. potential here or not. So I put the number out there. And within two weeks, we had over 10,000 people text in. Yeah. So that's when I was like, oh, all right, I guess I got to do something. <laughs> like, I got I to gotta somehow build up to this expectation of like text in for the answer. So then I've got this audience, but I have no podcast. I have no general idea of where I want to go with it or what I want to do with it. Or I'm not really an expert on anything. I'm, mm -hmm. not, I'm not the kind of guy that, you know, I'm not like a football guy or because most podcasts are pretty segmented. But I know that I do have an audience that, has followed my life for so long. Mm -hmm. So what do I do with it? I've got to find a niche in here to do something with it. So I sat down and I started jotting down ideas and something that kept coming up and I, for years I've tried to figure out what to do with it was my mom, who's like the greatest person in the whole entire world. She, uh, when I was going through my divorce would send me these motivational text messages every single mm. day. Cause she, she still lives in Georgia and I'm out here, you know, I was literally out here by myself at that point. Right. And she was, was going through a really hard time and, one day I screenshotted one of the texts and I put it on, uh, on my Instagram and people were like, Oh my God, like, this is great. Like, this is really awesome. And then I, it really spoke to me and it really gave people like this maternal little boost of confidence, yeah, yeah. you know, that a yeah. lot of people, I've always had a, such a great relationship with my mom that I, I can't see it from anybody else's perspective, but people would say things like, I wish I had, I wish I had people that can motivate me like this. You're so lucky. And I, I didn't realize how special that relationship was. So I just kept posting those text message screenshots on social every single day, just, and people loved them and loved them. And, and then I kept thinking like when I was on the radio, I was like, I wish I could incorporate this into the show. My mom was still working at the time. So it was kind of like, what would I do with it? And then I was like, when I got like, I kept going, come back to the idea of like relationship with mom. Like that's really unique. People really like that. And I'm like, well, what can I, and I really like that. So what can I do with it? And I've always known that I was a mama's boy. So then the word like mama's boy came to me and I'm like, all right, let me do like, what is it? Where's that going to go? Like, what can I do with that? And I, 
I, I call my mom who is just down for anything. <laughs> I yeah, mean, she's, yeah, yeah. she's a preacher. She's not, I yeah. mean, she, she ran a transitional housing program for 24 years. I mean, she's not an entertainer. She's not a podcaster. She's not a public speaker by any Perfect means. Perfect candidate. She's just a mom, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, hey, mom, so I know this is going to sound weird, but would you, how would you feel about starting a podcast with me? She's like, what? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know yet. I'm just feel really, it's like when you, when you look at your life and when you, I'm sure you've had moments like this too, where it just feels right. Mm -hmm. Like you're just like, I don't know what this means, but it just, I almost feel like it's out of my control at this point. Like all of a sudden yeah, I'm yeah. like. It's called the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. Uh, all right, let me call my mom now and just see if she's in now. Mom, I'm starting a podcast, and I, you, you want to do it? Yeah, I don't know what we're doing. I'm like, I don't either. We're just going to do it. We're just going to like just do this podcast. <laughs> I don't know what this is. But I feel like you've got to look for those moments in life. And the older I get, the more experience it's. It's almost like when talking about, like, am I in control of this or am I not in control of this? Right, yeah. Because I never would have sat down and created this Mama's Boy Podcast if I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, this just came from, like, all right, like 10,000 people want to hear this story and there's an audience out there and I have no idea how to start a podcast or what to do with it, but I know that they're, they, they're, they're already showing up and there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. It's like the universe is just aligning you to like create something, but what the fuck am I going to do with it? And want to keep following your story. Right. Yeah. So, and I, and I obviously kind of built it up like, you got to hear it's crazy, whatever, and, you know. Yeah. I'm literally just, I just get laid off. But, <laughs> you know, you got to leave that mystery of like, ooh. So, but like, can that concept, you know, then you have that self-doubt, you know, you, you get into this groove of like, everything feels right. But then I went back and forth where I was like, yeah, I'd be really excited for a day or two. And then I'd be like, I'm not going to do this. This is crazy. Yep. Like a podcast yep. with my mom, like, what the fuck? This is... There's no way this is going to be able to be successful. But I just had to literally, again, to shut those voices down and say, I don't know what this is. And it may be a complete flop, but I feel so moved and so almost out of control that I have to do this. Mm. And so I don't know if it's me controlling this or if it's the universe yeah. controlling this. But somehow I've created this, this semi-successful podcast now. And it's really, to me... I, I've gotten out of it what I was hoping to get out of it. This was like a, uh, to see like what it means to people. Cause it's not, there's fluff in there, but it's definitely, it's a meaningful episode. Everyone that I put out, there's mm -hmm. a nugget of knowledge that people, my mom's just so wise. She's so loving and just caring and always has such a positive perspective on things, which I, is not naturally me. And I know that I always walk away being like, damn. And so for, to be able to share that and to see people who have gravitated towards it that walk away too feeling so uplifted. And they're like, thank you so much. And I'm like, I don't know how this is even happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm just sitting back and letting this happen is no matter what happens with it. I feel like I've accomplished that goal of creating something meaningful, something positive totally, yeah. throughout this whole chaos that has been the last couple of years of my life. That's really cool. And I think it's uh, I always call it the, the it's your gut IQ. And, and I'm like, it, that's definitely like your gut speaking as far as like all experience, the good, the bad that you'd been through. And it, it, it's not just like work related. Like you have a bad, you have a bad marriage. Your gut IQ now has actually improved because you're yeah. like, okay, well now I know what to avoid or not look for when I was that young 24 year old. Like, man, I had such like a one dimensional view and now it's like really broadened. But the same thing goes for, for radio. You just, you, you have probably one of the best gut IQs for what will be a hit and sometimes you just there's no other way like whether you say it's the universe whether you say like no and it, it applies in so many places that, I, that i've had i'm like dude 
you know, I could write you a business plan. I could download my thoughts. And I'm like, I'm just telling you because of all the experience I've had, which includes failures, which includes fucking pain, which includes the good too. Like this, whether it's a podcast, a new business venture, a new relationship, like this has, this has it. That's it. Like it has the it factor, mm -hmm. period. And there isn't like, I wish I could give a better explanation for it. There's some things you just can't explain. Yeah, yeah. And I could never explain this podcast to anybody. I don't know. Like I don't, yeah. I just literally just was like, all right, I guess I'm, and I'm, there's just still some days where I step back and I'm like, wow, we just hit 250,000 downloads. And I, we just hit number 14 of the podcast magazines, top 50. And yeah. like, it's, I don't know. I almost feel so out of control with this thing. Mm -hmm. It's almost gotten so big that I don't, I can't feel like, well, how did it get so big? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I know I your just, answer. You, just, you should just say the universe. The universe, I mean, truly. People will be like, said, this motherfucker, what's he talking, <laughs> the universe, really? Tell me the real tricks. The, the universe did it. Yeah, I mean, I, this will be a story I'll always have to tell because I don't, I don't know. I don't know how we got to this point. I didn't sit down with a business plan, no. audience testing. There's just something that like, it was, I almost didn't have a choice mm -hmm. to do it. And I, I hated it. Honestly, for the first month, I hated it. I was so uncomfortable with where the whole thing was, just the podcasting space, the comfortability with just like talking to my mom as a co-host, which was kind of bizarre to me, yep. to finding guests, to even having that ego. I mean, like, it felt so uncomfortable to me, but there's just something like a driving force mm -hmm. that I can't explain behind it. That's mm -hmm. just kept me going. I, I just have to just trust it. And I just wake yeah, up every day. Yeah. Like we still podcasting, check my email. Like we still, people still listen. Okay. They're still listening. All right, cool. So we can, we'll keep, we'll keep going. So totally. So is it safe to say, cause I was about to say, well, what is, what is like future plans? Or is it one of those like, dude, I'm literally taking it face value every day. Is that, I couldn't tell you. That's awesome. I could not, I could not tell you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've fallen in, I've fallen in love with the brand. Mm -hmm. I think that it's so fun for me because for a long time, the connotation of being a mama's boy was so negative, right? Like it was so like, oh, you're just a mama's boy. But now I'm like, it's, I, I don't, I don't know where it'll go. I just, I know that I love it. And I wake up every day feeling so excited and it's something that I kind of lost in radio because totally. I, I felt like I wasn't being that authentic self. But now that I'm doing, I mean, it's, it's, it's a shit ton of work. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I produce five episodes a week uh, and then I do a bonus episode on Sunday. Uh, and then I do all the marketing. I mean, it's literally a one man show. Yeah. And I work from, you know, 9.30 a.m. to sometimes like I'm up, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, just mm -hmm. grinding this, not just the actual podcast itself, but the now business aspect of it. But I just, again, it's one of those things where, where it's going. I'm just, I'm so, stepping out of the way and just gonna like let it guide me where I, a, I'm gonna work really hard. Yeah, that's the best thing you can do. And just, you know, talk to people and, and be positive and will it be, you know, will it be a, my next career? I don't know, but mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's been really gratifying to create, you know, and mm -hmm. have something that's really meaningful to me. So is this influencing, I know you said you have other radio offers on the table. Is this influencing the decision there? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it's hard like to, it. now that I, I have this like fire again, it's kind of hard to, like, I want to make sure that I, I don't lose that. Mm -hmm. I don't just go give so much to a different opportunity to where I don't feel, I, I, I know what that spark is again. 
I don't want to lose it. Yeah. So yeah. I want to make sure that I'm aligning myself. I'm not just chasing a, cause I mean, even having a successful podcast, as you know, I mean, it's not, I'm not rolling in the money by any means, right, you know, yeah. it's not like something that I can sustain my same lifestyle right now mm-hmm. and can right now, you know, I'm building, it's a business. It's a you're business. Playing you're playing a long, long game. It's, yeah. it's a long game. And that's the way that yeah. I see it. Uh, is it easy? No. I mean, I'm using, I'm used to just walking into having a salary and having a built-in audience and having, and I was lucky and very fortunate to have the audience that I have, but it's still, we, we still got some space to grow if I want to be, you know, make this a, a full career. Why don't have to worry about subsidizing, you know, in mm-hmm. other ways. So I, I just, I just have to trust it, man. I just got to trust it. Definitely. I'm on the right path and could end tomorrow. It, it could be huge. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to wake up every day and work really hard at it. Beca- and not because I feel like I have to, but because I'm genuinely excited about doing that, which I feel like a lot of us lose Oh, totally. as we start to get bigger. And, and don't get me wrong. I loved working at channel 933. It was like a dream come true, but still I, I started feeling like there's a part of me that's not, you got so many, like we talked about, there's so many different things you got to answer to where this mm-hmm. is just, it's like my own project. If it, if it succeeds, great. If it fails, it's all on me. I got mm-hmm. nobody but myself to really look at. And, but I'm, I'm also up for either of those. You know, mm-hmm. I'm also up for like, I don't know how we got here. So Lord knows where the hell this is going to go. Yeah, I can even yeah. tell you, you know? I like it. Have you, had, have you had anybody that you worked with in radio before, anywhere along the line, reach out to you since starting it and just kind of either have a curiosity or just kind of just a- asking to ask. Yeah. Most people, I mean, I somehow have become the authority on podcasting and <laughs> I don't even know how that started yeah, yeah. because I can't even answer most of the questions. I, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how this became such a success. Um, I, yeah, people, people think that there's like a, and there, there may be, there may be a secret sauce out there. Um, I, I just keep telling them that you've just got to be your authentic self. You've got to go in and make your topic about, something you're passionate about and look at it like a social media channel. Don't look at it like a, like a business yet. You got to look mm-hmm. at it like something you're just excited to post on Instagram about every day or something that you just same kind of concept where you're not looking just to make money at first. You've got to really, and I, and I don't, even right now I'm not looking at a sponsor start to come in. I'm not looking at this like this is, I think the second you start looking at it like a business, it loses its authenticity. There, yeah, right? for like, sure. Like, am I doing this to, make a lot of money or am I doing this because this is like something I'm really passionate about. I, I never want to lose that. I'm doing this for the passion part. Totally. Unless yeah. I can make a shit ton of money. Don't right, get me wrong. Right, right. And, and then I'll totally sell out. Obviously. <laughs> and a big sponsor comes in tomorrow. If you tune into the next episode, I'm talking about Pepsi the whole time. <laughs> fucking sold out. And I'm okay with that. Okay. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but nowhere in between. It's either, I'm not going to make a little bit of money. I'm either going to be authentic and make no money or I'm going to sell out. And <laughs> for sure. <laughs> It's really funny because you just made me think of something that I feel like uh, relates here is, so we started our company 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, it wasn't as popular. Like right now, owning, owning a business or being an entrepreneur in that word has just got thrashed in, in time. It's become super popular. Um, but what you just said, and I know before we turn on the camera, we talked about it, how I said, you know, how often do you get approached by people asking, how do I start a podcast? Yeah. How do I start a podcast? What do I do? Is is I've had that for sure, but I've also had the same thing and like wanted people wanting to start a business. But those questions only started popping up as the popular, popularity of owning a business mm-hmm. popped up years, 
I'd, I'd say like five years ago when it really started trending on social media. And now podcasting is trending as well. And it's really hard keeping the, uh, you know, I, I always have enthusiasm and I try to keep the same enthusiasm since year one starting a business. But once you just start seeing everybody putting the hand in there, it's really hard staying dedicated and focused because now it's actually become um, more of a popularity than a passion. And with podcasting, it, it, it's the same thing. Right. Now, and, and, and I don't know if that's, that's kind of making kind of made it, making sense to you because I always go back I'm like the same advice I give someone about podcasting, I give someone about starting a business. I said, it's not everything you, 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 you're, you have envisioned that it's going to be. You can be extremely hap happy working for another company that sure. you love the role, you love their culture, you love all that. The same thing I give for podcasting, like just because right now it's, it's super popular, it, you might not be built to sit and talk because you have to like what we said, or I was telling you is like, over and over and be consistent and be driven by what you're talking about and the mission statement and all that, you might be fit for something else. Maybe you're like, you need to write. You just want to sure. be a writer. You want to write or you want to do another outlet. So like grasp that only because right now it's front and center and some people are converting and starting to podcast. It's like everything else. Like when, remember when, you know, Perez Hilton had, had a blog and we were like, oh, he's got yeah. a blog. Like, holy shit. But then everyone got a blog, you what know, then nobody now? cares anymore. Yeah. Then it turned to YouTube and everyone's like, oh, well, I got to get a YouTube channel. You know, mm -hmm. then ever, then that got saturated. Right. Now it's the same thing with podcasting where I don't, and I think you can take the word podcasting out of it. I think if you're just trying to hop on the latest trend and listen it'll work you know like if you're looking for a an outlet you know let's just say you're a realtor you know and you just want to have a a separate channel just to be like i've got it that's fine but to look at it like if it's not driving you don't just do it because you feel like you got to yeah you yeah. know like don't feel like oh this will be you know, this will be easy. I'm just, I, I gotta get a podcast. Like it's, it's a lot of work, you know, yeah. it's a lot of work to like do it right. And I don't think people know that either. And we talked about the, your, your experience that you had a, a more of a running start getting into podcasting. And we were the same way that that's the first thing I always tell people, but it, the same applies to business. Like it's a lot of fucking time. And if you're also okay, like I don't ever want to scare anybody out, but, but putting it into real terms, like if you have a passion in your twenties to start a family or a marriage and all that, then I probably would tell you, don't jump into a business, find a, a job that you like that allows you to have other time because you're gonna have to make sacrifice. I've been through two serious relationships since starting a, a business. So it was like, that's not always the compromise, but it is a compromise that's that's something you have to actually think think ahead about. And podca podcasting is just like starting a business. I think a lot of people see the, we, we always describe it as the finish line, but bro, let, let me put you back at the starting line, like literally buying your first piece of equipment doing your first episode yeah. like when you have scratch nothing don't look don't you're way too deep into the right, finish line right and that's those are the conversations but they're few and far between that's the reality of well, it what, again we go back to the same conversation of why is it fueling you like mm -hmm. what is it doing for you are you doing because you feel like you have to do it you feel like you're doing because you think you think it's cool or is your because like when i started mine i mean it really was, I mean, it was kind of forced into me because I got 10,000 people that are expecting an answer. Totally. But I mean, I had to really think about like, so what, like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I just don't have a radio job? Am I doing this because like, what, and what do I want to put out into the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't, and that was kind of the holdup for a while was I don't just want to sit in front of a mic and talk. I want to have a purpose of where this is going. And I think that a lot of people with podcasts just say, I'm just gonna sit down and do a podcast, and, and they and they do for about two episodes, you know. And I think the average you said is four. Is that what it is? Yeah. Is it I four? Think, yeah. yeah. I think it's four. Yeah. The nice was it four seven? That was five, wasn't it? If you're past it's, the five mark, it's under ten. Then you've beat the odds. Then you beat the 
That's crazy, right? Because it's, yeah. it's a lot of work. It's a yeah. lot. But I mean, just like anything, I think if you go into anything thinking that you, without that, that drive and that understanding of why you're doing it, it's probably not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And my pod, my podcast probably wouldn't have been as successful if I was just like, okay, I'm just going to do the Kramer show and just come on and talk about just you know, yep. with no real purpose of where. Of like where it's going, mm -hmm. right? So that would have been the easier move. That would have yeah, been more of the short term sure, move for sure. Right, right. Instead of like, okay, where is this? Just I don't want to see any more failed podcasts out there. I Definitely. just like I just don't want to. Definitely, I don't want to. Unfortunately, see we're going to. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, so tell me, uh, outside of being in front of an audience or microphone, all that, what's your what's your per, what shapes up your personal outside personal life? I don't. What is outside right now? I know. <laughs> I, mean, I know. I think you're the last person I actually saw face to face. Uh, I mean, my life has been in such a transition the past couple of years from my divorce, which started in 2018. Uh, my life has really changed. I mean, I'm a almost completely different person. I think I'm still trying to figure that out today of like what really does drive me. I'm a really introspective, deep person, and mm -hmm. which I never thought I was before until I like took a second to realize that I am. So when I talk about like, what do I do? What shapes my day? Like I love to do yoga. I love to work out. Um, not like intensely. So you do some boxing. Some you? boxing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, about, it's about intense as it gets. Yeah. It's about Hell intense yeah. as it gets. That's great. Um, but I was never, I never really worked out before. I never really like, didn't really mean much to me because I just, I don't know. It's like that whole rebirth process that I'm yeah, kind of going yeah. through, you know, uh, I've been big into meditation for a long time now, but now I'm taking it even deeper because before my past relationship, it was kind of like, why are you, what's this meditation thing about? It's funny when you're in a relationship, sometimes how that can kind of think as a unit versus like for yourself. I hadn't thought about for myself everything. for, yeah, for a decade. Mm -hmm. I had to really kind of like learn that. So learning like the meditation side, reading, um, this podcast takes so much time now. Totally. I was dating for a while, but that's just, it's too much right now. Not, not knowing where your life is going is, mm -hmm. it's tough to try to be like, hey, you want to, we're like date. I mean, I don't know. I might live in Milwaukee tomorrow, but uh, let's. You want to get? You know, it's, it's an adventure. That sounds like a, that sounds like a good opening line. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, how about that? I'm I'm a totally uh, I'm a great catch right now. <laughs> uh, so it's where what that's on a day to day basis, man. It's just it's like finding like what is that thing that's going to fuel me for that day, and I have the luxury of doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, I the podcast does give me a little bit of flexibility. Like I can come do this now and you know, still go work a little bit later. And um, just, again, that self-discovery, it's so important. I, it's the best thing that ever came out of a divorce for me was that self-discovery. 100%. And I, I, I couldn't have answered that. If you asked me two years ago that same question, I'd been like, I don't really know what I like to do. Let me ask Kramer. What is Kramer? Well, Kramer likes to little, you know. Yeah. Do you have certain things that are part of your, like your daily or weekly routines or habits that are non-negotiable, like things that you do that now that are, like, even if say you met someone tomorrow and she said, Hey, I'll go wherever you go. Even if you move, yeah. that you'd be like, okay, well I, I have these certain things now again, that's your, your gut IQ. I was in a relationship and I, I just washed all of that. Um, are there certain things now that you have in your day to day that like, dude, this is a lot. Yeah. I think that once you get away from that group thought process and start thinking for yourself. I, I, again, I was so excited to, when I was 24, to meet this woman that was just so hot and out of my league that I didn't give a shit. Like, it was like, whatever you want, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's just fine. Um, versus now where I'm like, what, what is important to me? So yeah, like I'm to have, I've, I go right now, it's been 
different because of the scheduling, but like I have a meditation group that I go to and like, that's, that's a, cool. that, that's me time, yeah. the time where I can check out. I don't have to be on the podcast. I don't have to be on social media. I don't have to be, you know, like going to yoga a couple times a week again, like, uh, and like also being able to be honest about what I don't like, I think is mm. a bigger thing to me as a, as natural people pleaser and in a, a marriage where I always felt like I wasn't good enough to be in that marriage. There was so much people pleasing that went through that. Like, I don't want, like, I'm not a sports guy. I, I no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go sit at, at a Padres game, or I might, but I might not. You know, like, yeah, I don't want to yeah. have to sit there and act like I'm into this if I'm not into this. Yeah. But before, I probably just would have like gone along with the crowd because I didn't really know. Like, I didn't have yeah. that self awareness to be like, do I like doing this or do yeah. I not like doing this? Am I just going because everyone's going, or do I actually like to do this? You know. Yeah, and it's it's funny you bring that up because we actually we've had long conversations about this, Sergio and I. But, and I've actually started talking to other people about it and it falls into what you're saying, uh, is the term radical honesty is just being completely, completely honest. And I think where I tell people, hey, what I've, I've learned so far and like kind of trying to apply this into my day to day is it has to start with conversation one with a new friend or a new business relationship or someone you're dating is you probably did this when you first met her when you're 24, all of a sudden you're first dating you're so like, oh my God, I, this is who I want, this is who I want, yeah. even though you don't know her yet. And you, you kind of let one thing slide about you and then the other, and then you kind of, next thing you know, you're just kind of like, well, that's what she wants. So I'm going to let, and slowly, but surely slippery slope, you're like, well, I'm just trying to kind of fulfill all the stuff I, I sold to her who I was, but it's not even who I am. Right. Whereas now I'm like, okay, you have to be comfortable saying this is exactly who I am and using your example. Cause I'm the same way. I, I'm not a baseball fan is the honesty is I don't like baseball. I like you though. So yeah. I'll go to baseball with you, but I just want you to know, I don't like baseball. I don't like, and I'm not so going to fake with, it. And yeah. like, I'm not going right. It's, but it's, instead it's, of like, I show up in my Padres jersey, I just bought last night yeah. to say I'm a Padres fan. Yeah, right, like, right. No. And I'm not going to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be on, I, I'm going to, I don't like baseball, so I'll never do it with you. But I want you to know, I don't like baseball. Right. And I think if everybody Where before started, you may not have felt comfortable doing that. Yeah. Like being at, I, coming from a people pleasing background, which is basically the business of radio. Like mm -hmm. you, you, you're there to Absolutely, please yeah. people is having those boundaries. But I think before you can even get there, you've got to even know what you like. You've mm -hmm. got to really know what you stand for yeah. and know what you're about. But I, but I understand that. Like even talking to some of these radio potentials now, I'm saying things to them that I wouldn't have said five years ago because I'm like, I just want this job. Yeah, now yeah. it's like, I, I want to come into this with a clear expectation of, of what you're getting and what I want. Yeah. And I don't want to have to sugarcoat that. I don't want to have to, uh, I'll tell you a story about like living your authentic self really quick. Uh, I, for years, for years, as long as I can remember, probably from age 26, 27 to just a couple of, a couple of years ago, I had these really bad stomach problems and I could not figure out, I, I, I moving from state to state, I saw so many different, you know, different doctors trying to figure out like, why am I having these constant, just this pain in my stomach, this acid reflux, tried every diet out there, you know, cut gluten, cut every, just cut it all. Um, you know, heartburn medication, then two heartburn pills a day to Jeez. heartburn pill. And I just couldn't like, do I have stomach cancer? Do I, I couldn't figure out what was going on, they, but they did all these tests. Nothing came back. They were like, we don't know. The, about a month after I got separated, all those pains have gone away. No. <laughs> all those pains have gone away. And no. I realize, but after that, I realize now talking about gut IQ, 
Mm. Like your body's speaking to you. Mm -hmm. When it's uncomfortable, like it's telling you it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things I felt like I had just shoved down that my body was just reacting. It was so uncomfortable. So it's probably just my stomach, just so tense of like, who is this Kramer character that I've created? I'm not speaking up for myself in my marriage. I'm not speaking up for myself professionally. Mm -hmm. I'm just literally burying all this because I'm such a people pleaser. And I'm just this dorky little kid from high school that just wants to be liked that I am just shoving it all down to where my body was just bad. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I was just so bad. So since then, the only time I have stomach problems is when I'm not speaking my authentic truth. That's really interesting. I had to get rid of my agent a couple of months ago. We were just, it was, it was time. And leading up to it, I started feeling that same, I had like a week of really terrible stomach pains. And that's when another just notification of like your body speaking to you, it's mm -hmm. telling you, it's giving you the answers. And that's like when I knew it was like, it's the right thing to do. When I thought about just staying with him and just trying to make it work. And mm -hmm. I, I just knew that it wasn't the right thing to do anymore. That's and then really the second we, after we had that conversation, stomach pains went away. Can't tell you how much I wish I had that money back from all those fucking doctor's <laughs> visits now. I mean, for what, <laughs> you know, all those years of pills I took and yeah, yeah it's just, it's crazy. That's a, do, is that a common story? Do people know that? Uh, I don't, I don't think I've ever shared it like this before. Cause I think that's so valuable, like yeah. so valuable to know. And like, just, yeah, your, your physiology and like, furthermore, st stress is, can just do a, put a fucking wreck on your system. But it's, it's really interesting. Cause one of my past relationships, I told my ex at one point, I'm like, I think everybody in certain in certain ways should live their life. They're kind of like as a servant. You're a servant to people. You sure. always take care of you. You expect or understand too, coming from Southern hospitality. But I said it in a, in like a negative tone. I'm like, man, I just feel like I'm I'm, I'm a servant in general. I, I've served our clients at work. I serve staff. I'm serving you. And I'm like, don't take that the wrong way. And I look. I'm like, it's, it's because I wasn't having the stomach pain. I'm like, oh my god, I might I've sold you on this person I am. I've sold you on that person I am. Like, I need to start selling the exact person I am, and then I won't feel as much like about it. I'm a certain. And I, I and I don't want to cut. Like, I want to deal with all the same people I do, but I want to them to be sold on the right person. And in fairness, if you're not then it's almost one of those, well, shame on you because eventually it's going to catch up to you and it might be later on in your marriage or even like we talked about business partnerships. If I sell you something on something we don't do or not part of our company resemblance, sure, I might have got my foot in the door, might have gotten a contract, may have gotten a deal, but a year from now or even further down the road, like it's going to surface. It's going to show up. It, and, and it definitely does in a relationship. We're like, well, hey, man, when we first started dating, that's who you told me you were. That's what you said you liked. That's what you said type of person. It's like, well, I got my foot in the door, but now, yeah, right, now all of a sudden we're, we're under the same roof and like, oh, you can't fuck, keep up the with roof it. is the, burning. The ball starts rolling, man. You just become this, this person. If you're not authentic to yourself every second of every day, you're always going to have to live up to this expectation that's not you. Yeah. And that's hard. That's It's, it's a, just this heavy weight to carry. Yeah. It's, it's heavy it's, weight it's, to carry. And someone told me like, that's not all necessarily telling lies, but they, they describe telling lies. Like if you tell lies and it's going to, you have to always keep track of what story. But it is a lie. I mean, in, yeah. in a way it's, it's a lie it to is. yourself. It's it a lie is. to yourself. And it's that pressure of having to always keep up with it. But what you have to be, okay, what you have to be okay with. And this was like the, the turning point. I'm like, okay, this all came full circle. And I actually was on a date recently, last month, recently, first time meeting a girl. A, and I, a quarantine and date. How'd that go? It, actually, it might be longer. I'm losing track of time. It was right <laughs> when quarantine started. This, right? yeah. um, but I said, and, and I was kind of describing this because I'm like, okay, from the get-go. But the key point is, and I even said it too, 
verbally is I go, I, I've accepted I'm okay with. If you walk away from here and you're like, I don't want anything, any part of that, I have to, I'm okay with that. You have to be. And that's the key. That's you, the key. You have to literally, and I had no idea this, this conversation was going to turn this way. I just want to talk about Usher some more. I got another Usher ding in there. Had that. Um, I, you, you have to be, and that's like where it all starts. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wasn't. I was so not okay with who I was that I would just, I would just constantly mold myself like this like shapeshifter to like mm-hmm. whoever I was around would be a kind of a different version just to make them feel more comfortable, make them sure. feel okay until where it just gets so much that I'm sitting here. I mean, literally I, I depression, anxiety, like all these things came, but like, it started to rise up when you're not really I guess even better to say, like you said, when you're not okay with who you are, mm-hmm. you got to be okay with who you are. Mm-hmm. And now, now I am like, mm-hmm. now I'm like, listen, I'm fucking flawed. I'm awkward. Like I, I do like to work a lot. I'm an introvert. I'm kind of quiet. Like I'm not life of the party. I don't drink anymore. Like even that, even not drinking anymore was a big, was a big mindset fuck for me mm-hmm. because I was like, well, who's going to want to hang out with a guy that doesn't drink, right? Mm-hmm. Again, who, what is, what's the perception mm-hmm. of this going to be? Knowing that, like, I never really like drink that much anyway. I make terrible decisions when, I'm, when I drink. Mm-hmm. It's not good. I always feel like I, I go from, like, being, like, dehydrated to hungover. It's, there's no drunk phase for me yeah, anymore. I'm getting yeah. too old for that shit. It's like, why am I doing it? And I yeah. realized the only time I ever drank anymore was to either – be look like I'm, you know, in a social situation where I'm drinking or because I'm in a social situation I don't want to be in, you know? So that's when I was like, that's the only time I'm drinking Mm -hmm. to make other people feel comfortable or to make myself feel comfortable in a situation I don't want to be in. Then why am I doing it? Why don't I just not go be in that social situation and be okay with being like, I really don't want to come to your fucking daughter's fucking third birthday party today. Mm-hmm. I really don't. It's not worth the three beers I'm going to have to enjoy to be there. Totally. <laughs> yeah. You know, like totally. I'd rather be authentic in that feeling or just be like, yeah, I'm going to come by for a little bit, but not feel like I got to stay. Well, what are people going to think if I leave early? What do they, it's just like this constant fucking rhetoric that just goes through your head. Mm-hmm. It will cause you to fucking drink to shut up. Like it's yeah, just it's yeah. exhausting. It's an exhausting process trying to make everyone else feel more comfortable in your presence. I do. And I think this will resonate with so many people too. Hear, hearing that, especially because it's a lot more validated coming from a person with your, with your background and experience. And you've had like the absolute high of high in that like world. And right now I, I, I think there's a lot of people who experiencing that keeping up with the, whatever you want to call it from their social media image to their job, to their bit, like it can get exhausting. And, and, and honestly, I feel like nine times out of 10, it's just going to eventually you just flatline. It is, it feels so good, but it is fake as fuck. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. so unrewarding. And there's never going to be a number or a gratification level that you're ever going to reach where you can retire from the ego game. Mm-hmm. You're, you're never going to be able to get enough likes on Instagram or mm-hmm. uh, enough radio listeners. There's never, there's never, there's never. never. You're never yeah. like, cool, reached it. You know, I remember when I freaked out my first thousand people on Instagram and I'll be like, if I ever hit a thousand, I'll be, I'll feel so cool. And then all of a sudden I get, I'm like, well, I'm, you know, yeah. 2000, you know, you just, it's like, Always. where, where does it? But the way I see it now, I try not to look back on all these years and look at it like what a um, fucking crazy egomaniac I had become but also look at it from the, well, what can I do with it now? Mm-hmm. Now that I'm here, mm-hmm. what do I do with it? 
Mm-hmm. And that's why in producing this podcast, I hope that I, and even if I get back on the radio, like even when I was here and I started to, started to realize that like who Kramer had become and what the, who Stephen Yancey really was and trying to like blend those. I, I, I just got to a point where I knew that I, if you're going to come in and like listen to this radio show and listen to all the fluff stuff and like, let's do like a lot of good with it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I walk away from channel 933 feeling good about that. We did mm-hmm. a lot of good things. And with this podcast, we've already done a lot of good things. And so trying to balance, but then, but then it goes back to the point without the ego. Could I have ever have gotten to this point Definitely. in the first place? So it's, I Definitely. think it's, I, I, I don't think you ever master it. I don't think you ever, you know. No, that's a, that's a challenge. You always, it's something you should always be working on. I had a know? friend tell me one time, he's, he's kind of in the spiritual self-development field, and he was telling me he was uh, watching the Dalai Lama give an interview, and you're like, wow, the fucking Dalai Lama. Like, I'm sure that experience was so powerful. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, wow, to be in the presence of, like, watching the Dalai Lama like, sit there and, and kind of like in this kind of sit- setting. And he said the second that the camera turned off, What's the first thing he did? <laughs> Grabs a cell phone. He's texting. He, you know, he's like, "Was that good?" I mean, it's just, it's just like we're all, yeah. we're all just normal people. We totally. all have this human experience that we're trying to do the best that we can with. But I think the second, I, like, and that's what I really like about your podcast too, is like, you are looking for ways to bring out these human experiences that we all can learn from, versus just these ego experiences that we have mm-hmm. built or have set our expectations on achieving. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, I think it's re- really important. It's good we've never really strayed from it because I know what's being showed online is, is a mixture of the highlight reels and, and the fake. finish line. Yeah, it's, and, it's, it's and you're right. It's nobody post. It, I didn't post about my fucking stomach problems that I was having no. for so many years, but I posted about my house. Yeah. I posted about, you know, my, my, my look at my, my beautiful wedding I had. Like, you don't see the bad day. I didn't post the day in 2018 that I was in my bathroom, my bathtub laying there thinking of ways to kill myself. I'm right. not fucking posting that shit. Yeah. But I guarantee you, I'm also the first one that's looking at everyone else's Instagram being like, well, your life looks great. Totally, what am I doing yeah. wrong? You know, it's just, it's that mind fuck experience. We have to really, like the term of unfucking yourself is such a process. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a process because we've built, at least, you know, where I come, we, you know, my dad raised me to be, be successful and be, uh, be hardworking and, and have everybody love you and all that. But nobody ever raised me to be happy. Mm-hmm. Nobody raised me of like, well, what's really going to fuel you? No, it's like, you better fucking go make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But, but like, nobody ever taught me to like be happy and be authentic. And that's what I think we spend so much time in our 20s working on only to get to your 30. Lord knows what the 40s is going to bring. You know, like know. I'll watch this 10 years from now and be like, oh, fuck, yeah, I had no, no idea I what know. I was talking about. Um, but it's, it's just, I don't know if it's been that way for you too, but just watching that transformation of like everything you thought you needed and then to get it and just still feel like, well, what's, what, what is this? Yeah, it definitely, definitely has been. And I think uh, the 20s, 20s should be that age where like, dude, turn, burn, learn, fucking, all of that so you can start applying <laughs> the good the bad the failures in, in your 30s and then my my hope is you know the 40s it's, it's a little bit more even more unbuckling of the belt and uh and letting the fruits of the labor fruits of our gut iq all that kind of uh 
ride themselves out. Yeah. So, and that's that's the hope. Yeah. But again, could hit there and be like, what a fucking idiot I was for thinking that was actually going to happen. <laughs> I know. Who knows? But I think so. It's a good transition because, man, this is this is awesome. Kind of hearing all of the progression, and we always try to to tail end uh, each episode with the same typical question of if somebody were in in the beginning phase or like the first the savannah georgia phase of your life and whether they're getting into radio whether they're getting podcasts or just getting into uh their career or, or finding their identity what would be your they're the starting line what would be your summed up cliff note version of advice for them you i just know for me when i'm laying on my deathbed i don't want to look back and say i wish i would have I don't want to ever have those kind of experience. And you're going to, but I want to minimize those as, as much as, as as much as possible, right? I is as much as this radio journey has been a headache. I I wouldn't trade it. Like I knew I had to do it. I knew that I listened to the, even talking about how am I doing this or is is the universe doing this to me? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I was born. I was playing radio station by the age of seven. I just went to Radio Shack. You know, let's really age this thing. Probably had that Usher cassette in my... (laughs) 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 That was a good one, though. That was really good. That was good. good. I I saw what you did there. Um, I I didn't even know how to really... I don't think it actually really worked. Uh, I just bought this little mixer, and I didn't realize you had to have, like, inputs and outputs. I I was fucking seven years old, you know? but I just have always been drawn to like this passion, like this creating this like audio content. And so many people along the way have told me it's not going to work. And in a lot of ways it hasn't worked. I mean, mm-hmm. it has worked and then it hasn't, but I've always been such a believer in like, you've got to try it. Like, I don't know where I would have been if I just took the safe route. Mm-hmm. It would have been a whole, I mean, I talked about it on my podcast a lot. It would have been a whole lot easier. But I feel like if you don't go after it, you're always going to wonder. Mm-hmm. And don't doubt yourself. I think this whole, honestly, this whole interview has even made me think just about a, the balance of all of this, of trusting your gut and believing in yourself and knowing who you are. It's like pulling all these experiences in from all the different kind of angles to really create this fulfilled life. I feel like if I die today, I, and I feel like people that say that interviews always die right after. So <laughs> when I do die a long time from now, very successful and wealthy, um, <laughs> I, um, uh, I feel like I, I really would be proud of the, of what I've done because mm-hmm. I didn't take the safe route. It sucked a lot of times. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it has it sucked a lot of times, but it's what fuels me, man. Like yeah, it's, it's, just yeah. what, it's just what fuels me. I, I, I'm scared of what would have happened if I didn't do that. If I just played it safe and went to the same school as all my friends went to and mm-hmm. didn't move around so much. And what, what would my life have become? Yeah. I have a thought on that and I know we're wrapping up, but um, it's almost like your time in radio and in your time might not be over. You never know. And even if it was a long time, it was it was required to get where you are now. Sure. And, and I think the the problem a lot of like young and my advice to anyone young watching as as generic as this sounds is like, 
dude, you have to make that, that first step. Even if it feels so wrong and out of place, it probably is, you know, but as long as you're, you're gaining momentum and you probably 14 or 13 years ago would have never thought like you'd be in a podcast that's growing out of control right now, you know, but your step could very easily be in your requirement was going through the radio circuit right. and gaining that all the good experience, all the bad experience. And it really reminds me of a guy we had on. I don't know if you know who Courtney Henderson is. Mm-hmm. He's on our podcast and he, um, he had a passion, passion, passion for um, photography. And he was working at the hospital in, in like a, uh, he wasn't like a doctor or anything like that, but he was working in the hospital um, in La Jolla. And he started, he bought his first camera, started learning how to, to, to shoot and would go, he, he was really into MMA in that scene and would go shoot for free around town. This was before MMA blew up. Well, to speed it up and for the sake of time, he ended up getting, working his way into, he got contracted as the MMA traveling photographer for Monster Energy, oh. who, who is on all, you see their, M, or their logo on every UFC. So yeah. he was traveling to all the big shows, shooting guys like Conor McGregor, John Joe's, all these big names, making ridiculous money. Bought his house here, bought the Ranger over here and his girl together. Very similar, a lot of similarities. And his time with them because of his boss uh, came to an abrupt stop, like done. And that was his whole identity. Obviously, he was traveling, like, and he did it for, I want to say, five years. Um, but, and he went through a, a pretty solid uh, time of, like, reflection and, and depression, like, really hardcore. Yeah. Um, but now, speed it up where he's at now. He has his own studio, which was ultimately a goal he wanted to do. Like, his own studio, people come in and they, they, they retain the space. And he's also still shooting at the same time. And he's actually gotten a little bit further away from directly shooting photography as much more he's outgrown that that he's put a studio together and he's running his own business there and I, th- I want to say mission valley so it was a similar conversation i'm like at the time he was he was furious when the cord was cut but it was, i said the same like it was kind of a requirement then right. you know and it was a st- right. it was a stone that you last step to get to where you are now and he's like he's still in the grinding phase of it but he's starting to see all of it like grow in the studio that ultimately is like i don't think i could have kept up with what I was doing, traveling and monster, and even though the pay and the perks and right, the everything, right. it was like the dream, the dream. But he's like, you know, now coming full circle, it was it was a requirement. I don't think I would have actually gotten to where I am at now. I think we'll have to look back at it like in or yeah, a year's time from now and say, because I'm I'm still in like the what is this phase? Like, is this mm-hmm. going to be a career? Is it not? Like, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know if it will be or not. Um, but but you're right. Every every step has led to something else like i remember when i got let go in 2011 over in tampa they flipped format of the radio station both my co-hosts didn't want to continue they wanted to go do their own thing and i'm sitting here after building a show for six years with them and i would my success felt like it came from this team unit mm. um i felt like i lost it all like i'm never going to be back on the radio like i don't i don't i was only in tampa on the radio for a little over a year uh, I don't have enough. Now I'm sitting in here in the city with no, very little experience. Like what's going to happen. I actually ended up working for a credit union for about nine months while I was still kind of looking for radio jobs, uh, thinking that like my career is over and, uh, I, I just, it's, it's, it's just such a weird, everything kind of leads to something else. Yeah. You can't map some things out. And that's so unlike me. I wish, man, I, if I could sit here and make a life plan right now, I, I love control. I love to be able to know how things are going to go sure. at all times, but it's out of your control. Like it really is. And, but everything so far has led to something where I've either grown as a person or professionally, you know, to be, I never thought 
sitting in Panama City, Florida that I ever have a chance to be on Channel 933 in San Diego, mm -hmm. you know? And I just have to just trust it, just trust it, but take those that, steps. That's got to be the exciting part now because you're like, I don't know where the fuck I could be. I don't know. From this. I have as no long as you keep, As long as you keep moving the chains, as I said, if you would have just stopped and be like, fuck, I'm over, but you kept moving the chains, even if part of the moving the chains was, okay, I get the job at the credit union because that's what I have to do now to keep moving the chains over here. Just got to keep moving them. Just gotta, and you, you don't, just, you gotta, don't you know. Just, if you're in, I, I, I wish I had this quote. It was so powerful. Uh, we can edit it back in. Just make my mouth look like it's moving to the exact quote. But it was something along the lines of like, don't follow a, like, don't follow a job. Don't follow a, uh, like uh, a group, like follow your passion. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I couldn't sit here and say, if, if I'm like, oh, I was just the guy from channel 933. Mm -hmm. That's so vulnerable. But, but I'm, if I'm following this passion of like, listen, I'm just out here to create meaningful content, mm -hmm. then there's no limits. It doesn't matter if some of these things go away or if this podcast fails tomorrow or it goes in completely different routes. I mean, mm -hmm. if I know my mission is always to create meaningful content, then that the options are endless. Totally. You know? Yeah. That's a great wrap up, man. So, Hey, this was awesome. It's good. And yeah. I think we got to do it again. You know, a few months from now when those 250,000 downloads are at a million downloads yeah, and, right. and uh, who knows where you'll be then. Um, but this was great. Uh, appreciate the time. Yeah, Anything else before we wrap up? No, just make sure that you download Certified Mama's Boy. Certified Mama's yeah. Boy. Mr. Yancey. <laughs> Yancey Kramer. I don't know. It depends on where you see me. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks again. Yeah, absolutely. Cool.